Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Susan Hyatt stopping by the show today, and the two of the ladies will be discussing about Susan's latest book, Bear, a seven-week program to transform your body, get more energy, feel amazing, and become the bravest, most unstoppable version of you. So tune in and learn how you don't need another diet and you don't need more willpower. You need a revolution. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. And we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. And you can find out more about me, connect with me for coaching, all that good stuff at my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. So I'm so excited to bring you guys the guest today um, who is actually going to be in Seattle and we'll give you all the details. But um, she is a mentor and a teacher of mine. Her name is Susan Hyatt and she is actually a return guest to Sunny in Seattle. So we're very excited to welcome her back. Um, She has a fabulous new book out called Bear, a seven-week program to transform your body, get more energy, feel amazing, and become the bravest, most unstoppable version of you. Um, For those that don't know Susan, I'll give you her official bio here so you can go ahead and find out more about her and um, know exactly who we're talking to today because you're going to want to follow her work. I encourage you to. Um, So Susan Hyatt is a master certified life coach who has helped thousands of women to transform their bodies and lives. She is the creator of The Bear Process, The Bear Deck, The Bear Podcast, and an online community called Bear Daily. With her fiery Facebook rants, including Whoop-Ass Wednesday, where she reads a fresh batch of hate mail from internet (laughs) trolls and gives her sassiest response, Susan has gained an international following of women who love her honesty, humor, and fearlessness. Susan has been featured in Cosmopolitan, Women's World, Seventeen, and Oh, the Oprah Magazine. And was also a finalist for the Athena Award, honoring her work in the field of women's empowerment. Her official website is shyatt.com, and that's S-H-Y-A-T-T dot com. And, of course, her name is Susan Hyatt. Um, Susan, welcome back to the show. Hi, Sunny. I am so (laughs) delighted to be back. It was a blast the first time, and I'm just so honored to be here with you again and talk about Bear. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just following the evolution of this book and just the lead up to it and all the anticipation, and now it is here. And so it is such an honor to be able to bring you back and to talk about it. Um, And just I'll mention briefly for those out there, we'll talk in more detail about this later in the show, but Susan will be here in Seattle on Sunday March 24th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Riveter here in Capitol Hill. Um, And by going to this event, you're going to get two copies of her book, access to the book signing, a seat at the workshop, a swag bag, food, champagne, anything you can imagine. Susan does her events right. So believe me, (laughs) if you sign up for this event, it's going to be value, 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 and so much bang for your buck and good stuff. Um, So go to her. uh, This is the official website for the book. It's called Let's Get Bear. That's letsgetbear.com, and there you can find all of the various cities she will be 
um, visiting. And of course, we're here in Seattle, so you'll want to go to her March 24th event right here in Seattle. Um, Anything else you want to say about the event before we dive into the book, Susan? Well, let's just say that (laughs) Most people have never attended a book signing anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but other people who have attended book signings are like, well, now, (laughs) not like any book signing I have ever attended. (laughs) So it's, it's going to be a good time. It's, it's champagne and food and selfie station. And I'm going to do a little workshop and it's well worth the investment of two books to come on out. Uh, yes, it absolutely is. I say, having known Susan and followed her for a while, it is always well worth your time, whatever she's doing, to go out and see her. So very excited to welcome you here to Seattle, Susan. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, let's just talk about this book, Bear. Um, I'm curious, having known your work for a while, what was the evolution of this whole process and getting to this book and how how you came to do this work around Bear and this beautiful, uh, beautiful system you've created to help women? Well, I have, I'm about to celebrate my 12-year anniversary as a life coach next month. And 11 of those 12 years, I've worked with women on food and body issues. And uh, way back in the day, I called myself a weight loss coach. And what I noticed after coaching thousands of women is that I could help anyone, just about anyone lose weight. But unless we did the deep emotional work underneath that, it was not sustainable and it was never enough. Mm -hmm. So a woman's mind would shift from, let's just say a woman hired me to lose 50 pounds. She would lose the 50 pounds and then it was never enough. She wanted to lose more or her mind would start fixating on, well, now I have stretch marks or I still have a muffin top or I'm aging. And I started to really uncover some of the pieces of my work where I felt like this is really my lane, helping women love the skin they're in regardless, Mm -hmm. and also curating a process that kept it fun and got to the real root of the matter. And so, um, you know, my daughter is now 18. I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. And when I became a life coach, she was six years old. Um, And when she was in the fourth grade, so she was 10 years old, she came home and said, mom, every girl at the cafeteria table today made a pact that they were going to be on a diet together and not eat their lunch. Oh my gosh. Right. Nine and 10 year old girls. And she said, that's messed up, right? (laughs) She had heard me. She had heard enough coming out of this home office that she knew that that was not the appropriate response. And, and I said, you're correct. And so I felt like I had this little elementary school and then middle school and now high school vigilante, Mm -hmm. um, going into the school cafeteria, encouraging girls to eat so that they could have their energy to create a beautiful life. And so I, at that moment, my little 10 year old, I said, you know, I had been having these thoughts because I have two different facets to my business. Yeah. And I, I was like, maybe I should just go all in on helping entrepreneurs make money. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, Sonny, I was like, okay, like this is now my mission because mm-hmm. I can't leave these young girls to a cafeteria table with no food. Right. Yes, absolutely. And so that has developed into the work that you now do today, which became this beautiful 
book, um, Bear, um, mm-hmm. seven-week program to transform your body, get more energy, feel amazing, and become the bravest, most unstoppable version of you. And what I don't see in that title is weight loss. So <laughs> tell me, Susan, where, you know, if you started as the weight loss coach, like how yeah. d- this process is about, it seems to me in having read the book and what I know about your work, weight loss is a byproduct, but that is not the bottom line that you're selling here. Correct. It yeah. could be. Yeah. You could lose weight, um, but it's definitely not the focus. It's more, I'm out to turn the diet industry on its head because nice. I find that when women are fixated on a scale weight, and are busying themselves with counting calories, counting points, counting macros. Um, All of that external stuff is a distraction from our real work in the world. So I like to say, up in here, we're all about wage gap, not thigh gap. Uh, (laughs) And so, and so I always ask my audiences to imagine how much time they spend ruminating on whether or not they should eat something or whether or not they look fat or whether or not they look thin enough. And what if we could direct all of that time and energy towards expanding our lives? And that's what the bear process is. Yes, I love that. And, it, um, you know, I talk about a lot in my own work because I work a lot with women in relationship and folks that aren't um, so happy in their marriage. And I find that, well, I'll just back up a little. There was a quote from the Dalai Lama, and I think it was at the Two, was it 1994 2004 now I'm losing track of time um, but at the Vancouver Peace Summit where he said the western woman will change the world and my thought was you know we can't change the world if a you know 70% of our energy is going toward a dysfunctional relationship or 70% of our energy is going toward counting our calories and worrying about our body and what really stuck out to me in your book was you start in with some statistics on the diet industry and on diets. And I just, I see here, I'll just list a couple. By age 45, a woman on average will have tried 61 diet plans, detoxes, et cetera, like 61. On average, we spend 31 years of our life as a woman uh, on a diet. How can this be right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know if you think about it, right? Like those girls at the cafeteria table, nine and 10 years old. Yeah. That's pretty typical, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, before we talk more about that, Susan, I think it's really important um, because this isn't just something that you're doing. And if someone sees your picture now, they'll say, well, that's well and good. She look at her. She's tiny. She's cute. She's out there in her bathing suit. But this wasn't always your story. Like this is a very personal journey for you. And I would love if you could share a little bit about how you learned these things for yourself before you even taught them to other people. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And and you're right. I mean, I woke up this morning to a whole litany of Instagram and Facebook trolls uh, posting nasty comments on some Facebook ads I'm running. Mm-hmm. And it and it really is the um, without knowing my story, people can get very triggered by the fact that, well, easy for you to say. Right. And it it it's actually not easy for me to say. Um, I'm a rape survivor. I developed a lot of food and body issues um, around my body uh, starting at the age of 11. And um, like most women, I was raised in a culture that valued my external over my internal. And so, you know, it's no mystery that 
girls and women are taught that our power comes from our beauty Mm -hmm. and our power comes from manipulation. And so a whole host of, of, um, pieces of my life story led me to be an adult woman who was getting all of her entertainment and all of her pleasure from a wheel of brie, yeah. <laughs> some wine in the late afternoon. Yeah. Um, but I was, I really didn't have any hobbies or interests. I was working with two small children and using food and alcohol to numb my feelings of disappointment and boredom and depression. And what I discovered on my own weight loss journey was that I could diversify my pleasure, that I could put myself first, that I could do things for myself from a place of love instead of a place of deprivation. And as I started to emerge 40 pounds lighter, a woman who, um, who takes exceptional care of herself in the true meaning of the word words, um, I started to decide, you know, if I, a former couch potato <laughs> and woman who I was so snarky and disrespectful towards women who worked out, like mm-hmm. that was shallow and beneath me. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe it now because <laughs> movement is such a huge part of my life now. Um, if I could change anyone really could change. And by change, I don't mean lose weight. By change, I mean make yourself a priority Mm -hmm. and start to value yourself and create boundaries and learn how to create a life that you don't need to escape from. Yeah. And I really want to focus on that because um, knowing your story, so you did did a career or a work switch. Um, You really up-leveled your marriage. Um, mm-hmm. You changed your entire lifestyle. And I would mm-hmm. love, do you mind speaking to that just a little bit? Because I know yeah. for people out there, they think, well, maybe I just don't have it in me to do it. But you changed almost all facets of your life. And that mm-hmm. really brought much more pleasure to your life. Yeah. So when I, prior to becoming a coach, I was a residential real estate agent. And as I mentioned, my kids were little. Um, I was good at selling real estate, but I didn't enjoy being in real estate. So it was a good example of like, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have any business doing it. (laughs) Right. Um, So I was, you know, out on these streets selling houses and (laughs) zooming around town and my SUV with these two little kids strapped in their car seats and my marriage was suffering. I was still reeling from trauma of being a rape survivor and I had been through therapy, but not enough. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really started to decide, you know, there's got to be more to life mm-hmm. than selling these houses, taking care of these kids, going to bed, getting up, doing the same thing over again. But like many of your listeners, probably, I felt really guilty for not being more grateful for the Mm -hmm. life that I did have because I had a great husband and beautiful children and nice home. But I, I knew inside, I knew I was not living the way I was meant to live, but I didn't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. And so I did go to therapy. I did start to devour all the self-help I could handle. (laughs) Um, and I hired my own coach And it was through exploring what was going on with me with food and body issues 
that I really started to deeply heal. And there was a point in time during that whole period where I was convinced I needed a divorce. I was blaming my husband for all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and thank God for him because he was the one actually a really hilarious happening. This was whether you believe in God or the universe, there was some divine intervention happening, but I had convinced myself that I just needed to be single. <laughs> I just wanted to be out of pain. And so my idea was like, let's just get a divorce. So I don't have to look at you anymore because you're the source <laughs> of all of it. <laughs> and, um, it's funny now because it was all me, but I was in my real estate office and I called, um, who was like the premier divorce attorney in town. Uh-huh. So I call him and I have a conversation with him, a phone consult, and we set an appointment for me to come in and officially hire him. And my husband just so happened to be sitting in that attorney's waiting room because that firm, he, he is in commercial real estate. They do a lot of business together. So he's sitting in the waiting room <laughs> and he hears the secretary, the receptionist say, Jim Johnson, Susan Hyatt is on line one and he's sitting there going, now there's only one reason why my wife would be calling Jim Johnson. So he gets up and leaves the office and drives straight to my real estate office. It was literally like a three minute drive. So I hang up the phone with, from this attorney and my receptionist says, your husband's in the lobby. I go down to the lobby and he's like, uh, uh. He was like, nope, we're not doing this. We're going to go to therapy and we're going to talk it out first. And, um, and so through therapy and through coaching, I started to come home to myself yeah. and realize that there was a lot of stuff I needed to deal with that I couldn't blame other people for. Right. And, and so, yes. So now all these years later, what you have is you know, a really happy, thriving household and marriage and this company that I built over the past 12 years based on the, the tenets of the book, which is yeah. do what feels like love, make sure you're practicing self-care as a business plan, like all those things as it turned out worked. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you mentioned the love thing. That was actually the question that I was going to ask next, because it was in your own journey you had a coach um, who has been on the show before as well, um, and her her um, question to you was, you know, does it feel like love? Or can mm. you can you t talk a little bit more about that? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, love. You know, if you're choosing self love, if you're choosing love, like what a fluffy concept. That's it can be. It's not really practical. What can you actually do with that? But the way that you explain it in here, like that question is so pivotal. And to me, it's the foundational component for so much. It, it is, it has been the number one litmus test for everything in my life. So mm -hmm. yes, what feels like love people hear that. And I get it. They either roll their eyes or they're like, well, what feels like love to me is a <laughs> vacation to Tahiti and a million dollars. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> but what feels like love might be the hard thing. You know, mm -hmm. it might be staying up all night to edit your book or going on a run instead of taking a nap, or it could mean taking a nap, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very individual thing, but it's a great question to ask. Does this work that I'm doing in the world feel like love? Does 
um, blowing off an important appointment and, you know, hiding feel like love? Probably not. Does eating a whole box of donuts feel like love? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's actually a tough question because it can change according to the scenario. It can change according to what's going on with you. But if you're always asking the question, you know, does it feel like love right now for me to skip yoga? Yes or no. And there's no right or wrong answer. Only, you know, yeah. And it's, that's very, it's an empowering question too, instead of having someone tell you what to do. That's one of the things that I love about your program, this bear program, as well as the rest of your work, really, it's incredibly empowering. And I'll just share this quote from the book. If you keep choosing love, the weight will melt away and will not come back. Whenever I paused long enough to ask myself that question, what feels like love? My body's intuition would always point me in the right direction every time without fail. It's powerful. It's super powerful. And it's also, I'm somebody who, when I don't listen to my intuition, when I don't listen to my body compass, I feel like I get whammied so hard. It's like, hey, remember us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, might want to listen because... It is, I had a situation actually uh, with the book tour huh. where um, someone offered me a favor and it was such a generous offer on the surface. Mm -hmm. And I had a pause where I was like, this sounds so good, but it doesn't feel right. And I ignored my intuition uh -oh. and I will just cut to the chase and say like somebody who offered me something for free, <laughs> it turned out to be the most expensive free offer I've had all year. Oh, I mean, it no. was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, okay, should have listened. Oh, no. um, but it, but it's, I'm sure everybody listening has had those scenarios where your gut told you and your mind overrode that. And then later you were like, ah, oh, I knew it. And so even though I practice this for a living, I still sometimes trick my own self. Mm -hmm. And it's just that contrast can be really helpful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually have a lot of wisdom I should pay attention to. Absolutely. And I will say this program um, does that very thing, get you in touch with that inner wisdom in a variety of ways. Um, so, you know, Susan, before we go to our break, because I want to dive into exactly what the bear process is and all of the components there. But I did want to ask also, because I think it's important for listeners out there, because I know we have a lot of listeners who have a book within them that they want to bring forth, a story they want to tell. And having watched your journey with this book, um, and it's been very, uh, one of the things I love, you live out loud. Everything that happens in your life, you are very honest. Whether it's good, bad, or in between, you share. And I think it's really important because we've seen the ups and downs as this book came about. Um, was it an easy process? Did you just get an agent and the book you know, was picked up immediately and it's just out there now? Or was do you mind sharing a little bit more about what you did? Because I think it's important <laughs> to know. Yeah, it is important for people to hear. So um, 
sometimes we do hear stories where, um, you know, an author bumps into a, an agent or a publisher in a coffee shop. And then the next week they have a bestseller, right? That right. was not the trajectory <laughs> of bear. Um, I wrote the book a few years ago and, um, and I decided that I was trying to decide between self-publishing and traditional publishing. And there's pros and cons to each. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to go the traditional publishing route so that distribution-wise, this work could be in the hands of as many women as possible. Right. Um, tr traditional publishers just have an arm, a reach, that is difficult if you're self-publishing. Right. And so... I wrote a book proposal that I thought was amazing. I pitched a bazillion agents, including agents who I have a lot of friends who are published authors that they gave me warm introductions to their agents. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, this is going to be so easy because I'm getting recommendations from these brilliant published writers. Mm -hmm. Surely one of their agents is going to take me up on this. They all passed on it for various reasons, either they felt like the diet industry was too difficult to tackle or mm -hmm. they wanted a diety gimmick or they were already representing some kind of help author. They felt it was a conflict, didn't work out. So I started cold pitching, um, agents and they all turned me down. And so I decided to hire someone, uh, Betsy Rappaport, who's yes. amazing. We both know her yep. to help me craft a better book proposal. Mm -hmm. And she looked at my proposal and instantly had a lot of ideas about what I could do differently. Mm -hmm. And so I emailed back a handful of the agents that I really wanted one in particular. And I said, okay, I am going to rework this proposal. I really feel like this book is the Beyonce of the diet industry. Yes. And would you be willing to take a second look? And then I put a GIF in the email <laughs> of that queen GIF of Beyonce, yes. you know, as a queen. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the agent that I really wanted that I ultimately signed with emailed me right back. And she said, okay, any author who puts a Beyonce GIF in the notes <laughs> of, uh, of an email pitch, I'm going to take a second look, sure. Right. And so I worked for a couple of months revising this proposal, sent it to her. She said yes like slam dunk, mm -hmm. but getting an agent is not the same thing as getting a book deal, right? <laughs> you have an agent. Now you've worked so hard to get an agent. Yay. And now the real work begins. Yeah. So I'm not kidding. We did nine rounds of edits and changes to that proposal <laughs> before she sent it to any publishers. Yep. And then when she pitched publishers, it was the same kind of thing. Like either they wanted a diety gimmick or they didn't get it or they were already representing some kind of author that they had some kind of conflict with what they were already agreeing to publish. Mm -hmm. And it was like a, a, such a letdown, a resounding like, nope, not today. Um, and I started to get really deflated and I started, and you probably saw, um, when you say the good, bad and the ugly, mm -hmm. I mean, I would go on Facebook live and ask my audience, like, maybe I should just self publish this. I'm getting impatient. Mm -hmm. And you know, 50% of my audience would say, yeah, we want this book now. And then 50% of the audience would say, no, like stick with it. <laughs> yeah. And so I emailed my agent and it was almost a year from when we had signed. 
And I said, listen, I think you should let me out of my contract. I'm just going to self-publish this book. And, um, and she was like, uh, actually that's not what we do. <laughs> you're not, no, you're not getting out of your contract. And she said, how about I do another round of pitches and just see. And so this go around, we had a couple of different publishers interested and I ended up signing with Bimbella publishing and which was amazing, uh, to finally get somebody interested, a major publisher. And then once I signed with them, the reality is that when you sign, it's a very long process until that book hits the shelves. Right. So we signed in like December of 2017 mm -hmm. and the pub date was just March 5th, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been a very long time coming. Um, and basically rewrote everything, mm -hmm. um, through that process. They assigned me a great editor and I mean, it's been a journey. It's yeah. been a journey. And so, uh, when, when you see a book in Barnes and Noble, just know that what it took to get there was a lot of sweat and tears and heart. Yes, absolutely. And on that note, we're going to take our break. But when we come back, I'm going to share something that Susan did while all of this was going on. Like she was creating her own magic. If they were not going to, you know, accept her, uh, you know, proposal immediately, she wasn't just going to sit on the sidelines and wait for stuff to happen. She was going to get out there and create some things in the meantime. So we'll tell you all about that when we come back from the break. I'm joined today by the fabulous Susan Hyatt talking about her amazing new book just released, Bear, a seven-week program to transform your body, get more energy, feel amazing, and become the bravest, most unstoppable version of you. Uh, you're listening to Sunny in Seattle. We'll be back in just a few. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Each year when his children were young, Peter Fikowski took them to Yosemite for the 4th of July. The high country was closed, usually at the beginning of our vacation, because there was still snow on the road. And that was in the early 90s, and by the mid-2000s, the snow was gone long before vacation. Such rapid change makes him sad and he worries about wildfires and extreme weather around the world. He wants to give his kids a safe climate. And for that to happen, he says we must take carbon out of the atmosphere, not just reduce emissions. As the founder of a group called the Healthy Climate Alliance, he's advocating to reduce carbon dioxide in the atmosphere back to pre-industrial levels by the year 2050. Many see the idea as impractical, 
but Fikowski says viable methods are already being developed, such as storing carbon dioxide in mineral form. What we're proposing is we agree on the outcome we want, and then let a lot of people find methods to get there. For Fikowski, the challenge is personal. I remember when I was a child and visiting my grandparents in Michigan, and I remember what the summers were like. I remember what the winters were like. And I want that back. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. If you're talking, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. Alternative Talk 1150. Talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, joined today by Susan Hyatt, talking about her new book just released, Bear. And she will be in Seattle on Sunday, March 24th from 4 to 6 p.m. for um, a really special event where it's a it's a book signing, it's a workshop, there's champagne, swag bags, um, really fabulous event. So I encourage you to go to her book website, which is letsgetbear.com. That's letsgetbear.com and find out all of the areas where she'll be visiting and get your tickets for the Seattle event. Um, so, Susan, you know, uh, before we dive into the bear process and some of the components there, I did just want to mention, because you were talking about your book journey, which I, I wanted people to know because um, you are an incredibly successful entrepreneur and coach, and your book journey took longer than maybe people would actually think. And I want people to know mm-hmm. not just to give up after they send it to one agent and it gets turned down. Um, but one thing you did in the meantime was create the bear <laughs> community. And I think this is a great time to let uh, mem- audience members know in case they want to join that community. But you created this while you were going through this whole book process. Right. So I left out one key point of the story, which was when my agent sent the proposal out to uh, the top tier publishers and it was a it was a no, mostly a no. Um, I was planning, so this was two years ago, I was celebrating my 10-year anniversary as an entrepreneur, as a coach, and I was throwing a high tea in <laughs> New York City um, celebration. And so I said to my agent, I'm coming to New York. Why don't you see if you could line up some meetings? And maybe if they meet me, if they're in the same room with me, mm-hmm. they would be more compelled to give me a deal. Right. And she's like, well, okay, that's a great idea, but the day you've picked out are it's a Jewish holiday. And I don't know if you know anything about publishing, but (laughs) I mean, 
it's going to be a ghost town. Yeah. And I was like, oh, line it up. People will see me. <laughs> and uh, she was like, oh, my God. So I get to the city and I also had rented this uh, loft off of Airbnb to do some filming for a different project. So my friend Alexandra Franzen and I have a product called Dig Deep, which is for writers, and we were filming videos for it. And I was busy with that, but every afternoon I would check in and say, like, anything? And she'd be like, nope, nobody's responding. As I told you, <laughs> it's a Jewish holiday. Um, and I was like, every day that went by, I was getting more and more deflated. And so I was like, you know what? Why am I sitting around this big, beautiful loft in Manhattan waiting for these people to choose me? I choose me. Yep. And so I contacted the videographer who had worked with us on the other stuff. And I said, hey, are you free tomorrow? Because I would love for you to come back. I had this loft rented for an extra day. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I was going to create a video version of the book. So each step of the bear process, I was going to shoot a video for it and create a membership community where people could join the membership community, get the material via video and audio downloads and that sort of thing. And then they could get coached by me inside the group. And I am so proud of that because, mm -hmm. it, I mean, I just literally not much prep at all. Of course, I knew the material inside and out, but I spent the day recording it. And then the next month released it, opened up enrollment for it. And I created the equivalent of what I wanted for a book advance. Yes. Exactly. And I'm like, don't wait. Create your own. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Don't wait for them to choose you. You choose yourself and you create. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if people want to join that, Susan, how would they connect with the Bear community? So the best place to go is the hub for the book, which mm -hmm. is letsgetbear.com. Mm -hmm. And on that website, there's the info about all of it. Bear Daily, the book. Um, and right now for the book, we'll put, I'm sure you'll put in the show notes, there's a lot of book bonuses where mm -hmm. people can actually, if they buy the book, they get a free month at, in the Bear Daily membership community. Awesome. Okay, very good. So letsgetbear.com. Um, so, Susan, tell us more about the bear process, because we've talked a little bit about it. this is weight loss definitely happens, but it, this is different than a diet. How is the bear process different? Well, so I, the whole first part of the book, I talk about and explain why diets aren't sustainable and, and how diets are really robbing girls and women of their lives and their goals. And so in its place, I've curated, I started to notice with all the work I did with women, which activities and assignments got the biggest bang for the buck, meaning mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little sneaky and <laughs> I'm sure any of your listeners who have had a therapist or a coach, we're all pretty smart women. And I don't know about you, Sonny, if you've ever spent time on a therapist couch, but yep. I would always try to stay one step ahead of my therapist and, <laughs> and like, oh, I see where she's going with this. Uh -huh. If she's digging, I'm going to zag, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous. This person's trying to help us. Um, but I find that my clients like will do that too. So, so one thing that is exciting to me about the bear process is you guys aren't going to even see it coming until the transformation has occurred <laughs> because it seems so like the book covers bubblegum pink, everything's so fun and delicious inside. And then wham, I got you. <laughs> um, but the process, there are seven steps. And uh -huh. the first step is 
what I call environmental diet or environmental detox, which mm -hmm. is all about paying attention to what's coming at you through all your senses, not just your taste buds. So mm -hmm. what are you tolerating? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What peer conversations are you having? And it, I basically have women become investigative reporters of their own life for that first week. Mm -hmm. Because most of my clients, and I know I was, are profoundly um, wowed by how many things they're just letting go on yeah. without questioning. So right. it's like, why do I let the kids pick the music on the ride home from school? Mm -hmm. You know, why do I politely sit and listen to the person in the cubicle next to me go on and on and on about their latest diet or cleanse. And, you know, why do I let like something simple that I put in the book that my husband loves violent police shows. <laughs> yes. I mean, he loves them <laughs> and I hate them. And I started to notice that he would have like any ver any special victims unit. I mean, whatever city they were in, LA, <laughs> Miami, doesn't matter. If it's gruesome, it's on. And I started to notice that I would just like read a book, but instead of watching TV, but it was still on and it would give me anxiety. Yeah. Why, why am I doing that? Right. Right. And so it's just like paying attention to those things and making decisions and creating boundaries in your life that's going to free up a lot of your energy so that you can move on and do the rest of the process, which includes, mm -hmm. um, yes, we talk about sweat and moving with love. We talk about attentive eating, mm -hmm. which is being mindful and using all your senses when you eat. And the way that I categorize food is a little different. Mm -hmm. I, there's no food that's good or bad. It just is. But I talk about food in terms of power food versus pleasure food. Mm -hmm. And there can be a lot of overlap, but power food, meaning food that fuels you up, powers you up, gives you energy and food that's strictly for pleasure. And something like avocado toast yeah. hits both of those columns for me because right. it fuels me up, but also very pleasurable. Um, we talk about um, your closet. Yes. And yes. And, uh, <laughs> what story does your wardrobe tell Yeah, and the importance of putting things against your skin that feel amazing and that spark joy a la Marie Kondo. Yes. I love her. I love her too. She's so delightful. And you know, if, if your listeners are anything like me, I used to have a lot of ambition sizing happening in my closet. <laughs> what does meaning, that mean? Okay. <laughs> uh, like lots of outfits that if I just lose that last 10 to 15 pounds, I'm going to fit into that. Or I would have stacks of jeans of every single size. And why and is that bad? My thing, my thing is get all that out. It okay. needs to fit you right now. And it needs to spark joy. Brings up so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then of course I talk about detoxing your mind. Mm -hmm. So thought work and thinking thoughts that energize you and serve you are so important. So how to eavesdrop on yourself, how to figure out how to talk back to that inner mean girl, um, and clean up your mindset and yeah. then show up and be seen, which is all about making a scene not deleting yourself from photos or your life and taking up space. Um, now, 
originally the bear process was six weeks, which are the six things I just mentioned. Right. And I kept thinking something's missing from this. So huh. we have environment and food and sweat and wardrobe and mindset. And I'm missing something. I'm missing something. And it really is the foundation of everything I teach, which is pleasure. Yeah. I, I often say women do not need more willpower. They need more pleasure in their lives. And you're going to have to unpack that because I'm sure a lot of people out there are thinking, wait a minute, what? (laughs) I know. know. counterintuitive. (laughs) I know we are, we are trained to think that if I just had more willpower, if I could just grin and bear it, if I, you know, if you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch, all that kind of stuff. And I want every woman listening to really think about all the things that you display massive amounts of willpower to accomplish in your lives, your home, your families, your communities, your workspaces. We don't need more willpower. We've got that. (laughs) We've got that. What women don't do is devote themselves to their own pleasure or diversify their pleasure. So when I say pleasure, people tend to immediately go to intimacy, physical intimacy. Right. And yes, that is part of pleasure. But what I have learned through all of my research and studying is that the body is wired for pleasure. And when we deny it that, there are very practical repercussions. So it's not, again, people are like, oh, sit around and just do pleasurable things all day. Who has time for that? Like, honestly, a very practical application of this is is just this, that if I sit in front of my computer screen and gulp down a snack bar and a green smoothie, and I'm not paying attention to what's happening while I'm eating. Technically, a nutritionist might say, well, that's a great lunch. Mm -hmm. You just ate something really healthy. But the brain has to process that pleasure and satiation is happening. Mm -hmm. And when the brain recognizes that that is going on, then it communicates to the whole rest of the body what to do. Right. So there have been whole studies done on people eating not so healthy food, but doing it in a way that's pleasurable and attentive and the body being able to digest and process and metabolism and all those things go on well and better than if you had a meticulously prepared, super healthy meal that you're not experiencing while it's happening. So That's true, not just with food, but with everything. Yeah. You know, do you need intellectual stimulation? Do you need comfort? Do you need intimacy? Do -hmm. you need beauty? All of those things are important. And that section of the book talks about ways to become devoted to your own pleasure that take just small amounts of time to let yourself know that you matter. Yeah, absolutely. And it also seems, Susan, you know, there's a spiritual component to this. I mean, and we're, this is a, you know, KKNW listeners tend to be um, pretty spiritually minded. And so I just was curious, you know, what, how that factors in for you and your journey here. Yeah, great point, because that actually is a category of pleasure. You know, mm-hmm. are you feeling spiritually depleted and like you really need to focus on that for yourself? And so for me, I am a spiritual person and 
I have daily practices that help ground me and help me stay focused and stay in my future self uh, vibe versus, you know, getting dragged down with all the other millions of things going on. And so for me, my spiritual practice is moving meditation mm-hmm. and also journaling. Um, and I think that having a morning ritual that involves a spiritual focus and an evening ritual for myself helps keep everything in between on the right track. Absolutely. And, and I also would think this where my, my next question, this kind of feeds into it because I think you have to stay pretty high vibration or you have to stay pretty grounded in your own connection to, you know, whatever universe, God, your higher self, all of those things. Because one of the things you do really well, Susan, and I wanted, I would love for you to speak to it as, of course, the seventh step is show up and be seen. You have shown up. You are being seen in a big way. You are saying things that not everyone agrees with. You are anything but vanilla. So how do you deal with the haters? How do you stay in a positive frame of mind when you are getting a lot of people who are resisting your message? Yeah, well, it's funny. I just woke up this morning to a whole bunch of new haters and trolls Ugh. online who are just very upset that my legs are showing in a Facebook ad. Um, and it's just kind of like, okay, you guys are missing the entire point <laughs> that a woman can show up exactly as she is, who she is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I, I actually was doing a Facebook Live training this morning about this. Mm-hmm. And what's important for me is... First of all, all of our human minds operate the same way. Negative impulses happen. Negative thought happens. What matters is what we do about it. And so I'm sitting by my fire with a cup of coffee, scrolling, looking through my notifications, and I see all these horrible things shouted at me in all caps. Oh, God. Um, And I have a choice to make. Like, I can either dive into that and feel gross or... I can pivot. And so what I decided to do was recommend my book (laughs) and say, hey, I wrote a book called Bear. You might enjoy it. Best to you. Um, And then I decided to start thinking about all the things that I wanted to accomplish today, including this interview and what was going to best serve me. Was it fighting with haters online or Was it focusing on the people who do resonate with the message and serving the clients who have paid me? And thankfully this morning, I opted to put on some queen and some lipstick (laughs) and get my day started off right, as opposed to going down that rabbit hole, which is a no-win situation um, of, of trying to win over people that aren't interested really in any of it. Yeah. Yeah. And really aren't interested in positivity, period. So <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So we've got just a few minutes left and I did, I want to ask a follow-up question to that, Susan, because, you know, if you, uh, for listeners out there, the website for the book is Let's Get Bear. The book is called Bear and you can get it at all major bookstores, amazon.com, et cetera. Um, But, you know, Susan, you and uh, some uh, models that you have for this, Mm -hmm. you all got very bare for this website. And you have, (laughs) like I said, you're showing up and being seen. And for those out there who aren't quite ready to be as as fully uh, seen, perhaps as that, what recommendations do you have? Because I would assume it wasn't an overnight process for you, that it took some turtle steps along the way to get to where you felt truly comfortable being seen with your message, being seen in your body, being seen in all of the ways. 
Yeah. And, and I just want to be clear that, um, when we did the photo shoot for the website and the book, um, I wanted to show women's bodies unedited, unedited, no Photoshopping, you know, just bare. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it was such an empowering shoot to have a room full of women of all shapes, sizes, ethnicities, um, ages in bras and panties and being willing to be seen. Yeah. The goal of the book, however, is not so that every woman shows up naked online. Okay. <laughs> so I just okay. want to be clear okay. that everyone doesn't feel the pressure that, oh, well, if I really get it, then I'll have no problem streaking. <laughs> no, 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 no. And no, like the point is to bring you home to who you are and what your style is and what your preferences are. And your preference may never to be in a swimsuit online or shorts or whatever. Um, so I would say it has been a process for me over the years for sure. And I still have my moments where I'm like, am I really doing this? You know, <laughs> is this really okay? And I think that for each woman, it's just one thought at a time, one moment at a time, and using that thought, what feels like love as a guiding light to how you want to show up in the world. The thing that I most want women to do is feel like I can take up as much space as mm -hmm. I want in the gym, in the boardroom, at the beach, mm -hmm. in the way that I want to be seen. So it's really thinking about all the ways, recognizing all the ways you shrink yourselves literally and metaphorically, and how can we expand that so that you become the best version of yourself you want to be? Oh, God, Susan, yes. Uh, that is a perfect way for us to bring our hour to a close, and I love that parting message for our guests. Um, I want to just uh, re really encourage you guys to come out and see Susan at the event she's going to be doing here in Seattle. That's Sunday, March 24th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Riveter. Just go to letsgetbear.com. That's letsgetbear.com. And you can find out all the cities she'll be touring, including Seattle. Um, so, Susan, thank you so much for being a guest again on Sunny in Seattle. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. You are always such a delight, and I can't wait to see you. Me too. <laughs> so we'll connect on that, hopefully. Um, I'll give you rides if you need that. That's what I sometimes do with the <laughs> authors that come into town. So thank you guys for listening to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, Sunny Joy. I've been joined today by the fabulous Susan Hyatt and her new book, Bear. Run out and get it right now. So thanks for joining us, and see everybody next week. Bye.